Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Episode 4 of Destination Disaster. I am your host, Devin Carney. Before we get started with today's episode, I wanted to go over a few housekeeping notes. If you are able to, please consider pledging support on my Patreon page. Each month, a portion of these donations will be shared with smaller charities that may not have the ability to rapidly gain donations, ensuring that these charities are able to grow and support the communities that they have chosen to focus on enhances community-wide preparation. My ultimate goal for this podcast is to provide both a platform for those smaller charities to grow and the community to become far more resilient. As we continue to grow, we will begin to spotlight charities that provide a great service to the community in which all of us live. For those who celebrated the Christmas holiday, I hope that all of you were able to celebrate with your close family members safely. With the Omicron variant now the dominant variant here in the United States, it's vital that we take this seriously and not give in to the pandemic fatigue that we are all suffering from. Please remember to mask up if you are in a group that you are not familiar with and practice social distancing if you are in larger group settings. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the rapid growth rate of Omicron infections is believed to result from a combination of increased transmissibility and the ability to evade immunity conferred by past infection or vaccination. Data from laboratory experiments and epidemiologic investigations suggest a greater role for immune evasion than increased transmissibility. Immunity conferred by prior infection or vaccination is likely to be reduced compared with Delta, but not completely overcome. Data also showed that vaccinated people who either receive a booster dose or who were previously infected are likely to have stronger protection against Omicron. And finally, here in the next couple of weeks, I will officially be launching the Destination Disaster merch store, where you can purchase stickers, hoodies, coffee mugs, and hats. A portion from these merch sales will also be directly donated to charities. Once the online store is ready for launch, check into Instagram and Twitter for the link. Now, let's get into the episode for this week. This week, we're going to be discussing meteorite impacts that have occurred throughout history, the potential risks of near-Earth objects, NEOs for short, and what a potential impact of different sizes could resemble here on Earth. We're going to travel to the outer reaches of our solar system to identify key bodies that pose a significant threat to us here on the planet Earth and what early detection measures are in place to ensure we don't end up like the dinosaurs. To start, I think it's vital that we understand exactly what a meteorite is and how these rocky bodies are classified. There are a lot of different rocky and gas-based bodies that inhabit space. 
While not all of these items pose a threat to us here on Earth, they are truly beautiful to look at. The first is an asteroid. Found mainly in the asteroid belt between Mars and Jupiter, asteroids are sometimes referred to as minor planets or planetoids, but in general, they are rocky bodies that do not have an atmosphere. However, a few of their own moons. Our solar system contains millions of asteroids, many of which are thought to be the shattered remnants of planetismals, bodies within the young sun's solar nebula that never grew large enough to become planets. The size of what classifies as an asteroid is not extremely well defined, as an asteroid can range from a few meters wide, like a boulder, to objects that are hundreds of kilometers in diameter. The largest asteroid is asteroid Ceres, about 952 kilometers or 592 miles in diameter, and Ceres is so large that it is also categorized as a dwarf planet. The next set of rocky bodies that we're going to cover are meteors, meteoroids, and bolides. A meteoroid is a piece of interplanetary matter that is smaller than an asteroid and frequently are only millimeters in size. Most meteoroids that enter the Earth's atmosphere are so small that they vaporize completely and never reach the planet's surface. When they burn up during their descent, they create a beautiful trail of light known as a meteor, sometimes called a shooting star. Any portion of a meteor that makes it through the Earth's atmosphere and impacts the ground earns the meteorite designation. Meteorites have traditionally been divided into three broad categories depending on their structure, chemical and isotopic composition, and mineralogy. Stony meteorites are rocks mainly composed of silicate minerals, iron meteorites that are largely composed of metallic iron nickel, and stony iron meteorites that contain large amounts of both metallic and rocky material. Luckily, through the centuries of research and cataloging, we now have a database of objects that both pose a risk to us here on Earth and ones that simply drift through the vastness of space, coming into view only once in a couple thousand years. The implementation of near-Earth object detection programs, such as the Catalina Sky Survey, the Lincoln Near-Earth Asteroid Research Program, better known as LINEAR, and Spacewatch, make it possible to track and detect new objects sailing through our solar system. Initially launched in 1995, the Near-Earth Asteroid Tracking Program was a collaborative effort between NASA's JPL, or the Jet Propulsion Laboratory, and the United States Air Force. This program converted a 1-meter diameter telescope located on the island of Maui in Hawaii. This initial program was discontinued in 2007 after identifying over 20,000 objects, of which were 430 near-Earth objects. Currently, there are three active detection programs in service, those being the Catalina Sky Survey, better known as CSS, the Lincoln Near-Earth Asteroid Research Program, or LINEAR, and Spacewatch. The information that I am about to share with you is provided by the National Academies Press. The Catalina Sky Survey is one of three research programs currently in operation. The Catalina Sky Survey discovers near-Earth objects at the highest rate. The Catalina Sky Survey is a system of three telescopes located at the Mount Lemmon Observatory in Arizona. The CSS also in Arizona and the Sliding Spring Observatory in Australia, all funded by NASA. The Mount Lemmon Observatory is the largest and most productive of these telescopes, having a 1.5 meter diameter mirror and a 1.2 square degree field of view, enabling it to detect asteroids as faint as a magnitude 22 in the visual band. The Sliding Spring Facility has a 0.5 meter diameter telescope for discovery. The Catalina Observatory houses the original Catalina Sky Survey Telescope, which has a 0.7 meter diameter mirror. These telescopes work together to carry out sustained, highly productive searches for near-Earth objects. 
Because two of these observatories are operating on the opposite side of Earth from the third, same-night follow-up on newly discovered objects can usually be accomplished facilitating the rapid determinations of its orbit and thus an evaluation of the hazard posed by the object. The Lincoln Near-Earth Asteroid Research Program demonstrates the application of technology originally developed for the surveillance of Earth-orbiting satellites to the discovering and cataloging of near-Earth objects. Linear consists of a pair of geodes telescope at the Lincoln Laboratory's experimental test site at the White Sands Missile Range in Socorro, New Mexico. These two one-meter diameter telescopes were eventually joined by a third telescope used for the confirmation of NEO orbits and were able to detect asteroids as faint as a magnitude 20 in the absolute visual band. Linear has discovered 2,210 near-Earth objects and accounted for more than 50% of all near-Earth object discoveries from 1998 to 2004. In 2005, the rate of discoveries by the Catalina Sky Survey increased substantially and overtook that of Linear. Spacewatch was one of the first near-Earth object discovery systems established in 1981 and run by the University of Arizona. Routine detections of asteroids and comets started in 1984 with a 0.9-meter diameter telescope on Kitt Peak, Arizona, and a relatively small charge-coupled device, a CCD, imaging array. Upgrades in 1989 enlarged the field of view and resulted in Spacewatch's first detection of a near-Earth object. Automated software to identify and discover near-Earth objects was implemented in 1990. This was the first time that an automated, real-time software was used for the detection of moving cosmic objects, and it proved the efficiency of such software. In 2001, a second telescope, a 1.8-meter diameter, was added to the program. The smaller Spacewatch telescope typically detects near-Earth objects brighter than a magnitude 21 over its field of view of 2.9 square degrees, whereas the larger telescope can potentially detect near-Earth objects as faint as a magnitude 23 over a field of view of 0.7 square degrees. The larger telescope is primarily used for recoveries of previously discovered fainter NEOs to confirm their orbits. The smaller telescope was used primarily for NEO discovery surveys. Spacewatch has discovered more than 700 near-Earth objects. The Spacewatch program is anticipating the transition from conducting discovery observations to a recovery and characterization role as more powerful surveys come online. Now, this object wouldn't be complete without discussing past impacts of asteroids and meteorites. These events have helped shape our knowledge of their location in the solar system and the composition that these planetary bodies make up. Historic impacts that have shaped our planet have luckily not occurred during a human's lifetime here on the planet, but many of these impacts of notable sizes occurred during a time in the solar system when it was still forming and many of the planets resembled what is orbiting in the asteroid belt today. The Redford Impact Event was a truly significant impact for life here on Earth. This event occurred at a time when life here was still at the microorganism level and is believed to be what kickstarted the conditions needed for evolution. Located in the present-day Free State Province of South Africa, this crater is larger than the one that is associated with the Chicxulub event. Measuring a whopping 190 miles wide, this crater is the largest on Earth and impacted 2 billion years ago during the Hadean era. This episode wouldn't be complete without discussing the Chicxulub impact event that led to the mass extinction of dinosaur species. The Chicxulub impactor, as it's known, was a plummeting asteroid or comet that left behind a crater off the coast of Mexico that spans 93 miles and goes 12 miles deep. Its devastating impact brought the reign of the dinosaurs to an abrupt and calamitous end, scientists say. 
by triggering their sudden mass extinction along with the end of almost three quarters of the plant and animal species then living on earth. If an impact of similar size and magnitude impacted here on earth today, humans would be but a blip in the history of this planet. As humans reach for the stars, combating these near-earth objects is not only a vital necessity to prolong the life of the human species, but to serve as research to learn about the history of our solar system. Understanding what an impact could resemble here on Earth, we must first understand the scales that are implemented when assigning a risk value to these bodies in the solar system. Adopted in 1999, the Torino scale is a vital tool for characterizing potential Earth impact events. An integer scale ranging from 0 to 10 with associated color coding, it is intended primarily to facilitate public communication by the asteroid impact hazard monitoring community. The scale captures the likelihood and consequences of a potential impact event but does not consider the time remaining until the potential impact. More extraordinary events are indicated by a higher Torino scale value. Beginning with a 0, this is no hazard and is considered the white zone. The likelihood of a collision is zero or so low as to be effectively zero. This also applies to small objects such as meteors and bodies that burn up in the atmosphere, as well as infrequent meteorite falls that are rarely cause damage. The next is a one, a normal in the green zone, a routine discovery in which a pass near the earth is predicted that poses no unusual level of danger. The next is a number two that meritizes attention by astronomers and begins the yellow zone. This is a discovery which may become routine with expanded searches of an object making a somewhat close but not highly unusual pass near Earth. The next is a number three, which is a close encounter meriting attention by astronomers. Current calculations give a 1% or greater chance of collision capable of localized destruction. The next is a number four. This is a close encounter meriting attention by astronomers. Current calculations give a 1% or greater chance of collision capable of regional destruction. Attention by public officials is merited if the encounter is less than a decade away. The next is a number 5. This is in the threatening or orange zone. A close encounter posing a serious but still uncertain threat of regional devastation. If the encounter is less than a decade away, governmental contingency planning may be warranted. The next is a number 6. A close encounter by a large object posing a serious but still uncertain threat of a global catastrophe. If the encounter is less than three decades away, governmental contingency planning may be warranted. The next is number seven. A very close encounter by a large object, which, if occurring this century, poses an unprecedented but still uncertain threat of a global catastrophe. For such a threat in this century, International contingency planning is warranted, especially to determine urgently and conclusively whether or not a collision will occur. Number eight, certain collisions or the red zone. A collision is certain, capable of causing localized destruction for an impact over land or possibly a tsunami if close offshore. Such events occur on average once per 50 years and once per several thousand years. The next is number nine. A collision is certain, capable of causing unprecedented regional devastation for a land impact or threat of a major tsunami for an ocean impact. Such events occur on average between once per 10,000 years and once per 100,000 years. And finally, number 10, a collision is certain, capable of causing global climactic catastrophe that may threaten the future of civilization as we know it. Whether impacting land or ocean, such events occur on average once per 100,000 years or less often. As we move into the final portion of the episode for the week, 
we're going to take a look at a theoretical impact of both asteroids and meteorites here on Earth. We will begin with a smaller impact that is only a few hundred feet wide and finish with an impactor that is a few miles wide. A meteorite the size of a small home releases a similar amount of energy to that of the Hiroshima bomb in 1945. This doesn't have the force to destroy cities, but could result in the destruction of homes within a couple of miles from the site of the impact. Deaths and damage here would be localized to this affected area. As the rocks become larger, the survivability of the human species declines significantly. If we are impacted by a rock the size of a large skyscraper, we are now looking at citywide destruction and the deaths of potentially hundreds of thousands if adequate preparations are not taken early enough. While deflection measures are in place, these methods have never been fully tested on a rock that poses a risk to us here on Earth. An asteroid or meteorite the size of a sports field, such as an American football field or a professional soccer pitch, certainly poses a threat to Earth at the regional level. An impact of this size could devastate entire cities such as Boston, New York, Washington DC, or Paris, and level buildings for hundreds of miles. Additionally, this impact would create an earthquake that could be felt nearly 1,000 miles away. Asteroids and meteorites that begin to measure in the mile radius segment begin to threaten much larger areas around the Earth. A half-mile wide impact could destroy entire states and lead to deaths that could range in the millions. Not only would we need to worry about the impact itself and the immediate catastrophe that this would cause, dust and rock fragments emanating from the site would block the sun and lead to a climate crisis here on Earth. This event would potentially lead to the extinction of smaller species that are unable to find adequate shelter. Impactors that range in size of mountains will lead to the extinction of the human race and the impact site would immediately vaporize everything within its vicinity for hundreds of miles. The effects would span not only the seconds that the impact lasts, but for decades into the future as the Earth recovers from the massive impact. Most life on Earth would perish due to an impact of this size. Luckily, we have not been faced with a threat of a large rock plummeting towards us here on Earth, thanks primarily to our location in the solar system and the deployment of these vital scanning instruments that make it possible to identify these near-Earth objects. Without these vital instruments, we would truly be sitting ducks in a shooting gallery. I want to thank all of you for listening in this week. With the holidays finally behind us, let's all plan to make some positive New Year's resolutions that we can all succeed in completing. Whether that be something as simple as telling your coworkers good morning more often or donating to a smaller charity, they can only promote a happier community. Please be sure to follow me on my social media pages as additional information will become available about the launch of the merch store and the available items for purchase. Thank you to all those who have chosen to follow me and become a vital part of this podcast because without my base, this podcast would be a failure. Until next week on episode 4 of Current Events, this has been Destination Disaster. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.